everyone, welcome to a film or fuck I love movies where we're gonna talk about some pretty fucking amazing movies, right? Um, we're gonna, so for this session, we're gonna talk about some coming of age films and basically um, films that center around the theme of life, life choices, and life circumstances. Um, I'm one of the hosts, Izzy Gonzalez. Hi, I'm also one of the hosts, Andy. Uh, welcome to Fuck I Love Films. I'm Tyler. I'm Ali, and speaking of people who love films, the Oscars just happened last week, and there was a lot of buzz because history was made last week. And if you weren't active on Twitter the moment that Best Actress was announced, it was a bloodbath. There was a lot of argument on who should have won, even for Best Actress in other categories. And that's to be expected because everyone has their very strong opinions about films and actors and Hollywood. But one thing that I noticed was, interestingly, there was little to no argument about Best Picture. Everyone was sort of in agreement that Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was the most deserving for the year. And so this got me thinking, what other movies do you think that everybody should watch? And because our theme centers around coming of age, I think let's start with the uh, movie that... Um, is the most awarded um, everything everywhere all at once. So Dana, please take the stage. Okay, so yeah. everything everywhere all at once absolutely deserved all of the wins that it got and a little more. But like I will hold, I will hold back on that. So everything everywhere all at once won best picture to no one's surprise, and I think this is it's completely deserving of its title as Oscar Best Picture winner because of its really, really rich story that com- that comes with like this utterly incredible message that I think everyone really, really needs to hear. So starting first with what Everything Everywhere All at Once, if you haven't seen it, you should. This is me telling you to do that right now. <laughs> you can cut off this podcast and just start watching it. But uh, basically, everything, everywhere, all at once, much like the title suggests, is basically about like the aching too muchness, the overwhelmingness of being alive, of life, and how we always wonder about what we could have, about like what we could have been, what other choices we could have made. It's about a young queer Asian girl jumping through universes to find a a version of her mother that can actually understand her. It's about an Asian immigrant mother struggling to do taxes and grappling with how her life feels almost wasted. And more than that, it's about finding joy despite everything else and that it's never too late for a person to sort of grow into themselves in a sense. And this is especially embodied by Evelyn, who is the main protagonist of the movie, played by Michelle Yeoh, who is mother. I love her so much. She deserved Best Actress. And everyone who says otherwise is wrong. <laughs> anyway, so on the note of why everything, sh- why everyone should watch everything, everywhere, all at once, especially when, especially knowing that it's a film about life, life choices, how overwhelming all of that potential can be. I think it's especially important to honestly everyone like it's a like it's good it's incredible 
incredibly healing in a sense for Asians, for young girls and their mothers, for queer people, for people who struggle to find themselves, for people who feel overwhelmed and confused, right? And it all comes down to the protagonist in a sense. It's like in this in this universe, she is technically the worst least successful version of herself she's struggling with her taxes she's running a failing she's running a failing laundromat right but it doesn't change the fact that she still gets to carve out her own happiness and through growing to understand her daughter like evelyn herself comes of age when she finally grows past her her own trauma her own generational trauma inflicted upon her by her father. Like, I can't really stress how good it is and how and how much other people should watch it, in a sense. Because what this film tells us, right, is that regardless of where you are in life, it doesn't it doesn't make you a failure by any means. You are still important. You are still valuable. You are still someone who deserves to be loved above all else sometimes living living life being utterly mundane right sometimes that's enough you are enough and that's so special to me it's about choosing love and kindness despite everything else and i know for a lot of people that messaging seems so cliche but in a world that feels so cold and cruel and overwhelming right it's it's something that i think everyone needs to hear and on that note the plot itself the way that the way that the editing is done it's all really unique something entirely unlike all of the other movies that we've seen before you can feel the other love that the directors have poured into it it's really really worth watching okay so like what do you guys what do you guys think about it <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I cried while watching it. I may not have, true. I may not have <laughs> understood it like the first time that I watched it because I was like confused with the visual effects. But I think that adds to the story because it's something that you have to think about instead of just like, like, no thoughts had empty. Yeah. Honestly, this movie like altered my brain chemistry forever. It, <laughs> it's everything um, I want, in a sense. Like, it's there's a lot of wish fulfillment for me going into this movie because it's like, it's so good. And it tells so many of stories of women like us, young queer Asian women. It tells it so incredibly well. And it also tells the stories of like, being being a parent right like grappling with trying to with trying to sort of raise your kid and raise them right and make sure that you don't inflict the, the trauma that you did on them how do you deal with the fact that you have inadvertently hurt your own child right so it's like it's really good it's a movie that's quite literally for everyone the only exception i could think of being maybe I don't know, white people, but even then, yeah. for white people... White people didn't like... get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, also, probably, know. like, the older generation, because they would be like, no, that's yeah. normal. Yeah, I saw a lot of people. They took their mom to the theater, and, like, after, they were crying, and then their mom was like, ha, ano, mo, kaayok doon? And, like, bato lang naman. And, like, 
oh my god, mommy, don't get it. You don't get me. The googly eyes. <laughs> oh my god, the googly eyes. One day, I'm going to just paste googly eyes everywhere I go. But uh, that being that being said, I really do think it's mm. a genuinely healing movie that addresses so many things that have gone unsaid for so many years. And I'm so glad that this movie came out now rather than like later, right? I'm glad to have been able to see it within this lifetime in a sense, because it means so much to me. And I know it's going to mean a lot to so many younger people too. So I think everyone really deserves to experience it in full in a sense. And I hope it impacts everyone as much as it did for me. Also because it won Best Picture, so deserved. Anyway. Oh, yeah, actually, admittedly, I still haven't watched it. I know, I know, I should. <gasps> I know, actually, no. same. I haven't watched no. it yet. Oh my god. I, oh my god. Okay. Okay. Sorry, no, it's not that, like, I'm avoiding, I just don't have the attention span for movies sometimes. But, like, I have, but, like, I, you, like, talk about it a lot then and they're like kind of intrigued and then I have like seen clips of it on TikTok and I saw like I think the one where she's like fighting with her mom yeah and... the monologue scene yeah so it's so I mean like from what I understand it like shows also that relationship between like a mother and the daughter where the mom's like telling like 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 I raised you the best I can I'm like raising you right but then and then like the daughter's just trying to say like yeah but like you still like fucked me up in some ways and it's hard and then you have to like find that connection or like that like compromise is that right it's like bridging bridging the divide in a sense because like obviously your parents would have like different viewpoints from you right yeah so how do you begin to address that gap when you've both seen worlds apart right yeah like i literally oh my god sorry (laughs) go ahead no it's okay no i was just saying like uh Thing, I, I get that and like that's why I really want to watch the movie I think I really want to also watch it with my mom because like yeah. it's so it's so weird because it's really like you grow up with this person and then just suddenly one day you like just have different understandings of things and you just can't communicate it yeah. oh my god <laughs> and that's so yeah. sad because despite them being together for so long it's like they don't even know each other which I yeah. think is actually oh my god, true, that's especially so for Asian for Asian families. Yeah, which I think is yeah, like such so a beautiful thing to portray in film. Like it's like you have that love and that bond, but you just don't get each other and then you have to go through that journey again of like mm-hmm. getting to know a person you've known all your life. Yeah. Shy about conveying that. Literally Joe Tapagi Joy, right? She jumps whole universes just to find a version of her mother to understand her. And it's like, if I could, I would do that too. I can't begrudge her for doing what she does because I feel the same. I would do the same thing. And it really speaks to me. And I'm sure it spoke to a lot of people also. So, like, yeah, it's completely deserving of the best picture title. I think everyone should, I think everyone should watch it. It's just, it's just that good. And, like, Maybe I don't know. Watch it with your, watch it with your family. Get an epiphany. <laughs> Hopefully, if they get it. So you know. Also yeah. to add, you know, I haven't watched this film as well. 
cancelable moment. But because no, I, okay, I we thought, accept you. <laughs> I thought it was just about the multiverse and things like that. But I was so confused because I saw people on TikTok who watched the film and they were crying. So I thought, Hala, what is this about? This I I'm only now finding out from Dana's explanation that it's like it's about family. Oh my god! And like. Yeah, I want to watch it now. Because after the Oscars, you know, when they, they kept on winning awards, I was like, wow, I need to watch this film. Because it, it was such a sweep. Seven awards. Seven. Wow. I should have won nine. Okay, okay. And then let's watch this like right after this podcast. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry to keep rambling about this, but it's my, it's like one of my current hyperfixations. <laughs> but like, there, there, there's this one specific scene that like got to me. It's the opera fight scene where basically she like, she, it's a fight scene where she basically kind of gets the skills of her alternate universe self who spins sides. And dear Lord, that's one of the best fight scenes in the movie. And it's really, shows so well that like even though you're still even though you're like old and grown doesn't mean that you can't like not learn things it doesn't mean you can't take these supposedly quote-unquote useless skills and use it and use it for something different to like recontextualize reshape both yourself and the world around you that's so neat to me especially for like older people who feel like they've lost their way and now they can't do anything about it anymore. That's not true. There's still so much of life left to explore. That's, and that's great, you know? So it's, and being a multiverse film, right? It uses the multiverse to convey not just the immigrant flight for a lot of Asian parents tend to start catastrophizing immediately when things go wrong, right? But it also, it works so well because it is a character-centric narrative before it is a multiverse narrative. The multiverse is used to uh, convey the characters better, to explore the characters in so much more depth that you can't really get in a non-multiverse film, kind of in a similar way to Spider-Verse. So yeah, (laughs) it's... It's the best. It deserves everything. Everywhere, all the time. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I've like rambled about this enough. Are there other movies that you guys want to like recommend? Also because I'm short on things to watch. So like, please recommend them to me. <laughs> I agree with you that everything, everywhere, all at once deserves all the wins. However, I'm going to be talking about a different movie, which is like released five years prior. So the movie I'm going to talk about is actually uh, Edge of Seventeen. So Edge of Seventeen was a 2016 coming-of-age film. So uh, the film follows Nadine, a teenager suffering from surprise, depression, and has relationship troubles with her family. So everyone in the family, the dad, the brother, the mom, that's so... 
troubling but also realistic. So although the coming of age trope has been overused, I would say especially in recent films, the message of the movie still applies to like current society. So yes, a little bit of a trigger warning. I will be talking about mental health issues. So if you're not that comfortable with it, feel free to skip to the other movies the other hosts would talk about because their opinions are very much great. So for the relevance of the film to a current issue, so I think that being allowed to freely discuss like areas of psychology such as mental health and different personalities uh, might be regarded as a turning point for previously taboo themes. However, I stand by the fact that the degree to which these delicate themes are shown in various forms of media such as books, shows, and films should be limited. So most of the media being spread in society from uh, like that are like pro like depression and anything pro anorexia are from films which include in inaccurate depictions of the illnesses such as like pretty little liars and skins which are both traumatizing do not watch them if you are under 18 so in both shows the writers show the people with mental illnesses who can be saved by love wow so despite the fact that these shows are somewhat old the problem of misleading portrayals can still exist today. So on the other hand, accurate representations in media about depression and other illnesses can help people understand their condition, maybe even like help others in the first step of diagnosing, which is why I chose Edge of Seventeen. Uh, it's a movie that the public should watch right now. So in society, there is a big boom of your feelings are valid, but sometimes what people fail to realize is that when people are struggling, some feelings are indeed not valid because these feelings are results from intrusive thoughts, which is nice because you only would realize that not, uh, uh, in this case, you would only realize that not feelings are valid because when Nadine becomes irrationally mad. So rather than the age of 17 depict these teenagers as the humanized, self-consumed individuals. These shows show the struggles and the issues being experienced. Like, for example, in this movie, there's female rage. Oh, how I love female rage. And it also has slice of life with a pack of humor, which is expected from the cast because, well, Woody Wilson, we love you. <laughs> And then, so we love you, Hamid. So the movie talks about the stereotypes that kids are, well supposed to be happy when in this movie it shows that Nadine the main character was seven and she was already a pessimistic asshole so it showed everything that was simple and natural and realistic and life looked well um, normal which is fresh because shows love to romanticize the highs and lows of life or which I would say the highs and lows of high school football but the movie is idealistic it makes you hate Nadine because well she makes bad decisions but that's just true Sometimes people with mental illnesses have bad reactions and decisions, which just makes them more human. So this community agrees that like that it is important for the media to show these issues in the light, which are both educational and accurate. So the movie The Edge of Seventeen had a lot of humor hidden within it, despite it having a heavy topic of mental illness. It is hidden behind men, the like well-known best friends brother tribe. Yes, the movie can be cringy, but it is realistic. And I think that a lot of people can learn from it. Hence, this is the movie that I chose. What about you guys? What do you think? Has everybody watched Edge of Seventeen? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. 
I have. It was supposed to be my movie, but you stole it from each other. <laughs> Though I announced it first, so you can't, I can't steal something you have it like mine. Steal grab. Okay. Grab stop. I've had like online shopping trauma today. Like I just bought something because I'm scared somebody else might buy it. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know if it fit me. Anyways, going back to the movie. Yeah. So like oh. for those who have watched it, what are your thoughts on the movie? Um, first, yeah, Slay Woody Harrelson. Yeah, <laughs> love the touch to the movie. Yes. Um. Yeah, I really liked it and how it. Yeah, you're right. How it like portrayed depression because it was in an obvious way. It wasn't like yeah, like I've also I've also seen Skins where it was like very dark. Yeah, it was traumatizing. How, yeah, and also how like I guess Euphoria also plays. It's like it's so dark and it's so like like. I guess it also like Edge of Seventeen like shows that like depression can be like discreet, like you won't be able to tell. You know, like in everyday life, like it doesn't have to be like drugs like euphoria and then and then she like Nadine really like says like stuff that like hit maybe not all the way through, but like when she says, um, what's the one where she's like sometimes when she was since she was younger, like she feels like she's floating outside her body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she hates what she sees. Oh my god! Yeah, and then I was like, oh, right, right, right in the heart. <laughs> because it's so sad. Because it's true. Like even at early ages, we experience emotions like that, and yet we don't think that it's applicable to other people. So we think we're alone. So movies like this is a real nice like wake up call for people. Yeah, I think it's also really good the the relationship between the mom and the brother. Like yeah. the relationship a parent has with their like eldest child, where they kind of mm-hmm. treat them like their therapist. Oh my, oh gosh, my god, god. I it's love always that. the favoritism. <laughs> and it's so sad it's... how Nadine had a connection with her dad. And then yeah. he passed away so suddenly. Sorry, guys, spoilers. But yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. I, I mean, it happens at everywhere. like the first 10 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's fine. true. Oh. oh, no. I think they should have put the spoiler running at the same time. It's more for like uh, a heads up. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's a my best friend's brother trope. So let's not. <laughs> uh, I think it's really hard to find movies that don't kind of glamorize depression in a sense like most of the time they never show the full ugliness of what being depressed can do to a person right like this is a thing that drives people to kill themselves and oh sorry trigger warning for suicide and heavy heavy topics but like this is a thing that drives people to the to to the brink right it pushes people to the worst parts of themselves and it's hard to find movies that don't convey it as something oh whoa is me i am so tragic and stuff right like if if what you're saying is true and the movie does convey depression as it is full ugliness and everything right i think that's really great especially when it comes to raising awareness for for issues like these because everyone talks about like everyone talks about mental health awareness but no one and like oh how you're valid and stuff but no one ever talks about how 
these about like heck things like uh intrusive thoughts right because like on tiktok we basically glamorize intrusive thoughts as like impulsive thoughts as things that are silly and dumb and then it's like when people actually come out and talk about the intrusive thoughts that they have and they're so much more like terrifying than what people have thought that they were those those people who come out about their experiences get shunned and then they're like yeah it's like what the hell that i thought that this was i thought that we were raising awareness about this thing but how can you raise awareness if you're not gonna if you're not gonna show it for what it is it ain't pretty that's for sure And I'm just really honest about about it and its depiction. And I hope that it also does it in a way that's like respectful and stuff. Cause I know there's been a lot of movies out there that kind of like glamorize quote unquote being mentally ill, which is really, really bland to me. So yeah. Another movie that does it well though is Joker. I don't think it was like, oh, mental illness is fun. It's more like mental illness is dark, and this is how it can manifest. And in the in Edge of Seventeen, it wasn't as serious as Joker, but it can be seen that mental illness, despite it being like such a taboo topic, it, it can be present in everyday lives. Like those uh, thoughts of depression can come out as like pessimistic thoughts, like your little mumblings that you say like in between talking to friends. So I think it just really shows the different types of mental illnesses and how it shows up on people. Okay, so as I said, I actually haven't watched the first two movies introduced, but I sure will get to watching them because I, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I should be canceled for not watching them. Very uncultured of me. <laughs> um, and honestly, you know what, after the Oscars, um, I really, really want to know if, like, everything, everywhere, all at once is, like, truly deserving of all of these awards. I think yes naman, because, yeah, I feel like the plot's very cool. Okay, yeah, I think yes. <laughs> anyway, now I'll be talking about another coming-of-age film entitled Booksmart. So, Booksmart is a comedy coming-of-age film, and it was released in 2019, so I watched it around the time of the pandemic. And this is actually the directorial debut of Olivia Wilde. Yes, shocking. This movie is so good. So I wonder why, don't worry, darling, flopped. But anyways, um, (laughs) so this movie was actually received really well by the critics. And I think that this is one of the rare times where I actually agree with Rotten Tomatoes because... Uh, my sister and I, before we watch movies, we bef- before and after we watch movies, we search for their Rotten Tomatoes score, and it's ninety six, very fresh. That that's like the title of the award award of the rating, and like I asked my sister, and she said during the time when we when the movie was released, it was actually at one hundred percent. So I think you guys should just watch this now. Yes. Um. So this film is about to teenagers who are in their senior year in high school. Um, these two, um, Amy, who was played by Caitlin Deaver, and Molly, who was played by Beanie Feldstein. And um, just like a side note, she's the sister of Jonah Hill. So, slay. Um, 
So those two. <laughs> no. Oh, they're actually talented. Not so you calling them out. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, these two, Amy and Molly, were academic overachievers who believed that keeping their like heads down in school and keeping themselves completely focused on their academics would provide them an advantage over their high school classmates, especially since they're in their senior year and they're it's like time for them to get into colleges. So yeah. Um, on their last day of high school, however, before graduation, so basically graduation eve, they realized that they might have like missed out on some of the most memorable teenage experiences because they have been really focused with their academics. So yeah, the movie basically revolves around how these two characters will, you know, in an effort to make up for the lost time, try to pack four years worth of partying and reckless childish childish decision <laughs> childish decisions into one night. So yeah. Um the movie for me is, you know, very fresh and like it's a movie that actually made me laugh and cry in a single one hour span. Cause um I don't know, before this, um whenever I watch comedy films, it doesn't really make me laugh anymore in that's why I think that this coming of age film is very fresh. It's like, it it's such a good comedy, and even if it's like a comedy, it conveyed the message that they want to convey really well. Um, and also I think that um, it's such a nice coming of age high school film because um these days like in the modern era, um most high school films or shows or I don't know if. I'm the only one who noticed this, but most of them are all about like sex. And I don't know, it's so disturbing because I like maybe they could focus on the actual lives of the characters and like their school experience, but like that's, I don't know, that's not what's happening now with like coming of age films. That's why I really appreciate this film. Yeah, so again, it talks about like the high school teenage experience you know partying drinking and then like um being rowdy in in the school you know banging the lockers drawing penis drawings on the walls of crs <laughs> yeah it's also about keeping friendships strong but still learning how to like grow independently and yeah so it's about discovering yourself as well and it's about um being familiar with um like your personal preferences so like sexuality it also tackled that so yeah um i think that this film is like very realistic and relatable and i think it's sort of timeless because i i think this the time period where the film occurs is a phase that everyone goes through in their lives you know high school like um, that's like, that's like for me a moment of existential crisis. To be honest, so yeah, I think everyone can relate to this. And also, the the plot is like very, it's not very serious, but like even if it's a comedy, like the message that they want to convey is kind of serious. Like, don't miss out on your life. Like, yeah. So this film is for academic over achievers who spent their lives working so hard to achieve something and like basically isolating themselves from 
from like whatever other teenagers are doing around them just so you know they can prove themselves worthy i guess of like their academic accomplishments so just like a last note before you all share your thoughts i think that i was so attached to this film because it's personally very undencoded i really thought at some <laughs> points in the movie that like I really felt like I am Molly, like, wow, I am Amy, very, very um, academic overachiever vibe. And like, um, personally, trying too hard at everything, you know, because for me, it's about, yeah, it's about to get too sad and personal right now. But for some people, because this is like the only way for us to get noticed by our parents or to make our parents proud or for us to feel actually fulfilled with our lives is to like um become academic overachievers yeah so like after watching this film during the pandemic i really started to change my mindset and my mindset and my perspective in life and like i had a real wake up moment like i was really like reflecting on myself and said come on and then you're a teenager live like one like it's like i have so many years to live but but I, I I felt like I was having a midlife crisis already, and I was only in like senior high school. So I think that this movie can really help you realize that go live your life. So like, um, as compared to what I was before watching this movie, right now I I choose to become someone who's able to like um stay academically okay but like at the same time i also choose to involve myself in like or parties or block parties just drinking or dinners like it's it's not bad to try to live you know i think that's what this movie is basically saying like um you don't have to be boxed in on one single goal I mean, yes, you can try to, um, what do you call it, achieve this certain goal and like make that your life's goal. But I think um, it's important that one learns how to have um, moments where they just take a breath, like just breathe and live and like have a social life, have not even a social life like you can you can have fun on your own like just do what makes you happy and don't be a slave to certain things like in this case academics so yeah just like have various fun experiences and don't waste your time on earth like time is limited we're very young so like take advantage of the time we have left so yeah I don't think any of you guys watch this film. <laughs> oh, I watched it. I watched it. And I do I agree with you. It is a very it's late good for movie. watching it. It's a very good movie, really, guys. I I recommend. I haven't watched it, but I have a question that would decide if I will or if I won't. Would you sure. say this movie would be for mirrorball girlies turned into this is me trying? Oh so my that- god. Oh, Those are oh the theme my. songs of my life. So because yes, I, feel I like, think. Okay, yeah. Now, 
I'm ready to watch that movie because I like the way you said that a lot of coming of age movies portray like sex, which is like, yay, people have sex. But these are supposed to be teenagers and they portrayed by adults. So that's kind of crazy. Exactly. So, so yeah, so based on those You're two things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So based on those, yeah, I haven't watched it, but I'll get to it later. Is it available on Netflix? Oh no, it's only available on Apple Watch, I think. But I have a copy, so. Hmm. <laughs> it's just pirated. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the note of like coming of age movies, right? I think it's really interesting how um so many coming of age movies have kind of pushed this sort of feeling of having to accomplish something before you hit a certain age, as if your life ends the moment you hit that because like yeah. okay, gonna bring yeah. up tick tick boom here because it's like you know how in the song 3090 he's like he basically like feels like his life is ending at 30 yeah and it's like he wants to make something of himself before he hits 30 because after that what then right sudden so stevens he compares himself to steven sondheim who succeeded at like the ripe old age of like 27 and he is so young and he wants to kind of live up to that legacy even though it's kind of unrealistic to, tr- to try for that and i wonder how many like young kids kind of internalize the sort of belief that they are worth nothing the second they they hit a certain age threshold because i have seen so many so many young people like push 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 themselves to just succeed at like everything so soon even and then it's like even though they tend to forget that they still have, and it's like, they tend to forget that they still have so much life ahead of them, right? You have so many years to live out your dreams. Why are you like, why are you boxing yourself in now? Why are you imposing upon yourself this arbitrary deadline? Just because so many young people are succeeding. And it's like, I understand feeling the need to like, try and catch up it feels like the world starts leaving you behind right but i think it's really neat that it tells people no the world is not leaving you behind you can go at your own pace you can figure things out for yourself you can take the time to do that you don't have to pour your entire soul into academics and then miss out on what makes teenage years fun teenagers should be able to be teenagers and yeah. I think that's so important yeah I agree it's like um I think everyone because it has this moment like I said earlier like existential crisis during high school like imagine having to experience that at high school at the age of like 17 like <laughs> why am I having an extent existential crisis at this age like I I think it's just not right because it we we grew up, I mean, I, I can say that for myself. I grew up watching coming of age films that like like as you said, like give that message that we have to have achieved something by a certain age. But like this movie gives you, as you said, that sense of relief that just go at your own pace. Like success or like whatever you're looking for in life will come at you. Um when it's there, like don't chase it just let it happen yeah 
And as a person who um watched the movie, what I really liked about it is that the party, like, girls and, like, people who are kind of, like, chill and don't look like overachievers, like, when they were asked, like, what university are you going to? They got into, like, Ivy League schools. and schools, yeah. Yeah, right? So, and the, that's what made the two lead characters realize that, oh, you can do it, pala. you can balance, like, having uh-huh. fun being a teenager. And also not completely ruining your life. And that is such an important message because I feel like a lot of us are overachievers because we are so worried that we're going to screw up our future. Even if we do the slightest thing na like just enjoying ourselves or like being carefree. But we're like so young. There's still so much in life that we have not experienced. And I feel like from Tick Tick Boom, like, 30 is old. Now, I feel like I'm old. I'm 18. Like, the second I turned 18, I thought, like, akala, akala I'm, I need to be an adult. I need to be accomplished. I can't be, like, a child anymore. But I'm still a child. Like, I'm 18 and I'm still figuring life out and that's okay. And I love the message of Booksmart that, you know, it's, um, it's okay to, like, let go of all the things you cannot control you can't control everything even if you want to and also people with superiority complex you're not better than everyone just because you're like <laughs> you're like exactly <laughs> which is a call out for me because sometimes i i feel like because i'm anti-social and i study a lot i'm like better than people who party but i'm not like that anymore don't cancel me I, I learned my lesson from books. <laughs> <laughs> I love okay, growth. It's okay, character development. Honestly, yeah. though, it's like, I'm it's super... so wild to me that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, looking back on things now, right? I can't believe I was so pressured. I can't believe I nearly gave in to the pressure of like, oh my God, I am 15, my life ends when I hit, a, when I hit 20, I have to do this, 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 this. And then looking back on it now, I'm sitting here like, Jesus Christ, you're a baby. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I, kids. Yeah. You are all children. Right? Yeah. Like, no, you still I have so much it. life left to live. So it's just like, let yourselves be children. Let yourselves live through those years. Because those are years you're never going to get back. Right? True. No, yeah. Like, I super love that message. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, oh my god, these are babies. <laughs> They're kids. Let them, let them live and stuff. No, yeah, I super, yeah, love that message that like to balance like study life and like, you know, party life or you know your personal life. And I think, yeah, same with Ali. Like I used to be like, I used to take so much pride in being like, I don't go to parties, you know, I don't do that kind of thing. But then, yeah, like. You said, Dana, like, we're just, like, we're babies. We're, like, so young, like, go live yeah. your life. So, like, I'm, like, trying to do that now. And then I realized, so those people who I was, like, where I thought they weren't, like, good at school, I learned that they are, they just choose to do well enough where they can, they can, up, they can keep their grades up and they can also have their own life. And then, so that's what I'm trying to do now. And which is actually with my, like, I think I'm very fortunate to have like a family who also believes in that. Although it's kind of hard because like I kind of lean into the breaks a little too much. 
but you know <laughs> but it's yeah like the movie like talks about balance so if you like study too hard or if you party too hard it's about like you know it's important really to have like best of both worlds or like keep it you know balanced so speaking of high school trauma char <laughs> speaking of like um dealing with growing up in high school i'm going to talk about a similar movie called eighth grade so technically in america eighth grade is middle school but for us it's junior high school so i'm counting that as high school experience so this film was released in 2018 and it was directed and written by bo burnham if you know bo, bo burnham he's a stand up comedian oh my god bo burnham makes the movies what right? i was really what <laughs> I love how we're all shocked. I'm not surprised. I mean, like, I'm surprised, but you know, his like special was really good. So yeah, yeah. but it's so different from this movie. Wow. Like his comedies usually like hit or miss, deba. Right? But this yeah. movie isn't that like controversial. And he actually did a really good job because he won Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Whoa. First Time Feature and the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Original Screenplay. So. Yeah, I'm recommending this. I have references to why it's good. <laughs> um, but before, yeah, before I talk about it, I'm going to put up a trigger warning for anxiety and implied sexual assault. Like, there's nothing too graphic that happened in the movie, but there is a scene where it felt like it was going to lead to that, but it didn't. So don't worry about anything graphic, but it is going to make some people uncomfortable watching that scene. And there's also scenes that um, portray anxiety and panic, attack, at panic attacks and such. So um, back to the film, it is about a young teen, Kayla, as she finishes her last week of eighth grade. So so Kayla, are you here, Char? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm, I haven't watched this yet, so I'm scared because it might be a like, mockumentary of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody read your diary pala. This is um Kayla is like a socially awkward, um, cringy teenager as we all were in this time of our life. And um because th- this is released in 2018, um Kayla posts vlogs about like advice on being confident and like being authentic to yourself, but ironically she doesn't practice what she preaches. So we kind of see her like Talk about putting yourself out there and like um making new friends, trying new experiences, but we see her like being really scared and vulnerable to do the things that she um advised other people. So I love this movie because it is like a very honest and blunt portrayal of like teen angst. And it is she's much younger than what you would expect from coming of age films because she's I believe 13, 14. Um and usually see like 17, 18, and that's why they're kind of allowed to um, portray topics of like sex and drugs and all of that stuff. But this is like a very different film in a sense that those things are so foreign to a 13, 14 year old, right? But it's still like such a genuine portrayal of teen angst and how um, misunderstood someone can feel at this age and i love that kayla actually looks like a young teen like i know there are like 20 something people still portraying 17 year olds and they're not doing a really good job but um kayla, um, hands in the <laughs> but um 
Because actually looks like a young teen with like bad skin and bad posture and she's a medium-sized girl. And I really don't like kapag yung mga films, they take a conventionally attractive skinny white girl and then they call her like socially awkward and ugly. Like, okay. Like, that's not um, what happens in real life. Yeah, like perfect skin. Tapos they just put glasses on her and call her nerdy. Like, no. <laughs> in this movie, Kayla actually looks like, you know, a regular team that you can see like roaming the halls in your high school. But yeah, she's a, she's white pala and she's um again living in America. So their education system is a lot different from us, but I can't help but see myself dun sa situations na she puts herself in because they're so awkward and painfully cringy, but at the same time deep down I know na uh, yeah, I have been there. <laughs> and so like you see her dealing with her dad because she's raised by a single father. And she kind of lashes out on her dad a lot. And you, as as like a young adult now, I kind of see both sides na. The dad is trying his best to raise a, a young woman. But there is just like a gap in their communication. Like they can't understand each other right now. And the lead character, Kayla, is, isn't a complete jerk, but is still awkward and cringy in a way that doesn't feel forced. Because... A lot of there's like a fine line between unlikable and like flawed. And Kayla is very much flawed, but you still end up rooting for her because you understand why she gets angry a lot, why she can't communicate her feelings to her father. And so yeah, you don't end up hating her because of these things. You end up understanding her. So other than that, um, this also deals with young women's sexuality. As I've mentioned, Kayla is 13, 14. And I guess when we were in that age, we didn't realize how vulnerable we are in terms of like um in terms of like figuring out our sexuality. Because as a young teen girl, it is so difficult to um kind of explore that in a way that people won't shame you like it's so it's so hard to ask for help in learning that and so when we learn that alone we are so vulnerable to people like taking advantage of us and as, as i've mentioned there is a kind of sensitive scene that tackles that here in this movie and looking back at it like she's so young and she's a baby she's 13 but when i was her age i felt like i knew enough to um explore all of these things that were too mature for me and nobody helped me because people refuse to talk about these things like um like figure out figuring out how to like have sex or like drink alcohol and party like for a 13 14 year old those things are like so alien to us but at the same time we long to understand these things but because we don't have the resources, we kind of do it very wrong. <laughs> and we end up, um, sometimes we end up like harming ourselves and our well-being. So I like that um, it deals with that and it recognizes that, yeah, young people do experience these things. And it, 
instead of like shielding them away from these um feelings and experiences we should guide them so because we're always going to do it diba like we're always going to be curious about sexuality we're going to be curious about alcohol but when we do it safely there is less of a chance to um put ourselves in harm's way so yeah and because it is created in 2018 it also shows how social media affects the perceptions of like teenagers because i believe that because this generation like younger gen z grew up with technology available already it's very different from older um, millennials i guess that um grew up with technology in high school like there's actually a scene where um they mentioned that Kayla is so different from older um teenagers because she had Snapchat in like fifth grade and they didn't have Snapchat until like high school so those experiences are so different because Kayla is exposed to those things at such a younger age than the rest of them and so yeah we we really see how it forms um Kayla's like self esteem and the way she perceives herself and her peers because social media is a thing that she grew up with it's not something she stumbled upon when she was already mature enough to handle it and so for younger teens it's a like a reminder i guess na whatever you see on social media isn't the whole truth and you're not alone in navigating your life you don't have to grow up alone and i love that the happy ending of this movie is not like she becomes popular or she becomes less awkward and she becomes like prettier or more conventionally attractive no like she stays the same relatively the same but she does find her people that accept her for who she is and accept her weirdness and her quirkiness and that's a really good positive message for other people that the phase of feeling so lonely and isolated doesn't last forever not because that you're going to change yourself to fit in other people's standards but that you're going to find people who are just like you who feel just as lost and just as lonely as you and together you're going to um heal that trauma and for parents naman it's like seeing how social media distorts their children's reality because again the difference in generation like even now parents do have access to te- to technology but not in a way like they don't use it in a way that their children uses it so this can like help them understand why their children are the way they are and and maybe have a little bit more patience with them because they are navigating the world in such a different way than what they than how older generations did it and it can help them uh, navigate the struggles brought upon by technology and for young adults like me it's like seeing childhood from the other side diba and this is released in 2018 i think i was also in 8th grade in 2018 so i'm like the same age as this girl um and now i'm seeing it from a young adult's perspective instead of an 8th grader's perspective and I don't know for me it's very healing to see na my experience pala isn't like so out of the ordinary and there are a lot of people who felt like me but I was just so wrapped up in the idea that I was alone that I I failed to see how many 
people also felt that way. And yeah, it's a reminder that we can still heal our inner child because I believe that even though I'm 18 now, I still carry my past selves with me. So I know that the 16-year-old me is still here. The 13-year-old me is still here. And this is this film kind of helped me um, see 13 to 14-year-old me as someone who did need help, who was vulnerable and who was socially awkward, but it was okay. And she deserved to have, like, she deserved to have the help that she needs. And even though, like, Spoiler alert, high school sucked for me. <laughs> um, but um, now I can look back at it being older and wiser and kind of like move forward with that trauma because now I don't have to I don't have to like be attached to it because this movie helped me realize that yeah, it's not it's not uncommon to feel socially awkward and to feel like so self-aware because I think that's what happens in like once you hit a specific age you feel so self-aware about your own awkwardness and your own flaws but you're not mature enough yet to do anything about it and I feel like this also applies to Edge of 17 because there's this scene where um, Nadine says that she looks at her own self and she hates what she sees and that kind of resonated with me. And this, um, and eighth grade resonated with me also because she knows that she's, she's socially awkward, but at the same time, she doesn't know what to do with it. She doesn't know how to stop. And so it just results into self-loathing. And yeah, that helped me heal that part of myself that also felt that way. So I, I know that this isn't um, particularly famous movie so I want to hear your thoughts about like the movie just as how I um discussed it because I don't think any of you watched it yeah I haven't but yeah, I it. like hit close to home especially since the name it was like oh my gosh you're describing my life but then I guess it just shows how everyone was struggling in high school and at the moment we were too worried about worrying about ourselves and what others think about us and we didn't even realize that we're we're all too busy having our own problems like no one cares this part it's like the way you described it is it's very mid, mid like the song like first love late spring like the one that goes i was so young when i believe 25. yeah oh my god what's cool yeah, I didn't know that it was a, a universal experience. So mm, not all of these coming out age movies just describing our traumatic lives. It's, it's just like call outs na ay ganito ko pala nung high school. <laughs> Super cringy pala. I think uh I think it's really good to talk about how you know life as a I think it's really good that it kind of doesn't glamorize what being a teenager is all about because like no teenagers are not that cool we are going through puberty we are awkward and young and very dumb very very dumb and it's like it it's kind of 
good to see the sort of struggle portrayed in a genuine in a genuine way. So I think that's real nice. I can't really say that much about it because like I've not seen the movie, but yeah, I'm just glad that it's genuine about the about what it wants to say. Yeah, so it's hard to find um you know movies that really depict teenage life like realistically. Like I like yeah I haven't watched it either, and but I like that you said that or like I like that the movie doesn't result in her like quote unquote like improving in any way you know becoming less awkward because you know fact is like we're still awkward and like that's just how teenage life is so yeah it's really nice to see it like that um for my movie it's different it's like not in high school it's like at the end of college already so it's called look both ways and so basically like the plot of it it kind of has two plots i guess you could say because it follows the life of a girl named natalie bennett and the first scene is like her in a bathroom and she's taking a pregnancy test and that's kind of where the movie splits into two realities so it shows one with her life um if the when the test turns negative and then her life when the test turns positive. So basically she planned she had like this five year plan for herself after college where she's gonna do all these things and become a successful illustrator. And then they also show her life, you know, when that's that plan is completely like scrapped and ruined because she becomes pregnant. And what I like about this movie is that it kind of it has the same pacing so like when she's having a dealing with like trials in one reality it's the same for the other and it kind of has an equal um resolution at the end um like not not so but a bit of spoiler warning it's just at the end it shows her like both realities and it's like beside each other and she looks in the mirror and she says you're okay so what I really like about that is that a lot of people you know go through uh, life being uncertain of the choices they've made and sometimes dealing with choices that they didn't plan like unplanned pregnancies and it really just shows that whether planned or unplanned you get to choose the path of your life or how you respond to it so even though she like the life she planned out it didn't go the way she wanted and then the life she didn't plan of course like also didn't go the way she wanted but at the end she still found like peace in both either life and I and I feel like like my review of this movie is like it's underrated because I feel like people would think of it as just like a corny rom-com on Netflix but it, I think it's underrated. And then it's about like a, accepting your circumstance because a lot of people have like regret. And I and I think it like shows accepting your life circumstances in an entertaining way. Like it isn't so dark and heavy. And I think it's just generally very comforting to women like from the ages of like college or high school up until like middle-aged women. Because I, I know some older women who have 
like you know when you reach that point in your life when you're older you think like was having a family a good idea instead of like pushing through with my career and then same with also women who are like pushed with their career they're like did I go too far because now I feel alone and like should I have should I have had a family and this movie just kind of brings like comfort like like either way either path you're gonna take you're always gonna regret something you're always gonna regret a decision or something like that so it's really up to you to decide if that is something you want to regret because you have control over that and you get to decide if you're gonna regret something or not or like accept the circumstances you've been or the life you've been dealt with so like issues it covers is like choices yeah like I said dealing with circumstances regret feeling like we can only take one path or that one path is better than the other because not even if it's like family or work it's like should I have I should I have taken this field you know a lot of people who went into medicine wish they went into arts or the other way around and it's just about like uncertain about the future and I think it brings a lot of like reassurance and comfort that no matter what path you take you can always find a way to be at peace with it and you know I think that's why the public should watch it because we question a lot of our life decisions so it's like you decide how you deal and feel about your own circumstances and you have the choice to stay or change things because um, Natalie Bennett like when she got pregnant she still was able to pursue her career because you know she was like I'm like in the circumstance I don't like it I have the chance to add something to it. I have a chance to change it while still being content with what I have. If that makes sense. So like, I'm sure like you guys haven't watched it. So what do you think like based on what I said? I feel called out again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm in a similar, <laughs> I'm in a similar situation with like, um in terms of my course, because I am planning to shift, but there's like still doubt in my head like what if I stayed here would I be content in the future or if I take a risk shifting will I be happy or will I just be as like unfulfilled as I am now but I like what you said about even though um there are two timelines in the movie one planned and one unplanned it's still and she still encounters bumps in the road that she didn't expect and In the end, she still made peace with whatever happened. And that's just a comforting thought, Tivana. Like, whatever happens, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Whatever you have now, whether you lose it in the future or whether you gain in the future, it's all going to work out. Not because you're going to have a happy ending in particular, but you're going to make do with what you have in the future. And that is just a comforting thought for me as a person who is so uncertain about her future oh my god yeah yeah i actually agree i'm sorry oh no it's okay you can go ahead oh so i actually like have the same like thing with ali because i'm also gonna shift out of my course so i really like love the premise of this movie because i like i like what if types of movies and i love that this movie emphasizes that you know, no matter what happens in life, at least, like, decision-oriented, and no one else can make those decisions but you. And, like, 
whether you feel good about this choice or like regret it, at least it was completely your choice. And as Ali said, nga, like no matter the outcome, um, you can like I don't know adapt to it or like you can, for example, if you like, make a decision now and it um like turns out bad, at least you can make your own decision again to like how am I gonna fix this, and it's still gonna be like completely from you. Like, no one's yeah, forcing you yeah. to. Yeah. So, like, personally, I think I'm going to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Very it's personal, really, yes. Yeah, it's, like, really, like, you, 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 it's, like, scary in the sense, like, only you can make your own choices. But it's, like, that means you can also choose to be happy. Yeah. With what's happening. I think I was one of those people who judged the movies because of, like, the characters. Like, initially, I didn't want to watch it because... Oh, like Riverdale, like Lily Reinhardt. But then oh, she yeah, turned out to be an amazing actress. <laughs> yeah. And the and the the movie, dude, it, it made me feel safe in a way. Because in the movie, like it doesn't matter what ending she got, she was still happy. So in a way, I guess we can just hope that it applies for us as well. Because at me, I like I transferred school. So that was a big jump. But, like, there's a lot of what-ifs. But then again, you won't know the outcome unless you try it. So, yeah, I think it's just nice how the movie talks about, like, different outcomes, but still you can be happy with what you're, like, you're given. Yeah, honestly, it's, like, it reminds me of everything everywhere all at once because I will not shut up about it. <laughs> but uh, it's... It's really nice that it kind of pushes this message of like no matter no matter what happens, right? You roll with the punches, you're going to be you're gonna be okay. Doesn't and it's like it's kind of it's kind of like that one thing in everything everywhere all at once where Evelyn in this in this timeline is quote unquote the worst version of herself, right? But then she still she still finds herself. She learns she she ends up okay in a sense she finds happiness in what she's given and it's like it's not so much about accepting the circumstances as they are but more about like shaping them for your sake you know like okay i'll take i'll take what i've got these are this is the hand that i've been dealt i'm going to make the most out of it and i think and I think that's really nice, especially considering, uh, for me personally, I've been kind of dissatisfied with my course in a sense. I have no plans on shifting because this is the course that's most convenient for me. But I kind of wish that that maybe I would be able to pursue like my own dreams without the stigma that comes with it. But uh, yeah, I just think it's real neat that she gets to that she gets to like find happiness no matter no matter what i think we deserve we deserve that so yeah yeah it's really uh, interesting how all these like movies about life it's really like the changing point is within themselves and there's really no exterior um like variable i mean there's like contribution advice from other people but you know really like the common, I guess, theme with all these movies, it's like, it's really with the self. 
Yeah, like you choose, you choose the change yeah. and stuff. Like sometimes it feels like everything is overwhelming, really out of your control, but things are gonna, things are gonna turn out okay. And, you know, the change starts with you, you'll be okay. And whatever, I'm so so bold. sorry. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's really nice, especially considering like how things are post pandemic, everything feels really overwhelming and messy, especially now that we're all in like, college and stuff. And things are only going to get messier from there. This is like, the transition. Right. So it's comforting to know that no matter what happens, things will turn out well for us. And yeah, it's been, it's been hearing about like the movies that you guys recommend. I'm going to add them all to the list <laughs> that are, of movies that I'll get to eventually. But yeah, I think it's real neat. Yeah, and I noticed also we tackled movies with like different age groups, I guess. Like for me, I tackled with a movie with a lead that's like 13 to 14 years old for Edge of 17 in Booksmart, like um transitioning from high school to college and look both ways, like early twenties na and everything ever all at once where um Evelyn is late fifties, early sixties, but still even though there is a huge difference in like age. We still manage to reflect inward, diva, about these topics and these th- themes, and it's just a testament to how the themes that were tackled in these movies are indeed universal. And I think we have been very persuasive on like convincing everyone that they should give these movies a chance and maybe sit down with some family, family, and um really just help yourselves heal and um reflect on your life. And maybe you you can get a lesson or two from these. So yeah, yeah, go watch these movies, <laughs> especially everything everywhere all at once. Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, if you don't watch everything ever all at once, Dana will come to your house and sit you down to watch it. So please watch <laughs> it after this. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a good ending for this episode. So the lesson of this episode is go watch everything ever all at once and all of our movies that we suggested because I do believe that these are worthy of your two hours or two to three hours of your life and we hope that you are just as entertained and as moved as we are with this movie so yeah Bye. Bye.